So we had a practice t- test uh, last time on the cellulite ashram. Mm-hmm. Hi, Naomi. Hi. What's up? How's it going? Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, welcome back. I guess we screwed up the first time. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, we tried to record this, and then it got deleted like an hour into it. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. <laughs> it's weird because it only gives us an hour of talking time. So you guys can ask questions if you want. I'm just curious, like... Uh, uh, how do you begin uh, your celluloid adventure? Um, like the very first time I shot film? Yeah, like did you go to film school? No. So, um, I mean, it really was. Hi, Swiss is here. Um, when I started working at Spectra Film Lab, um, I really wanted to work in the film industry because I want to make my own movies. And. I didn't know anybody in the industry and I didn't know I was literally googling like jobs in film industry how do I do this and um, you know I I finally like I was kind of working as a hostess and my friend from high school became the scanity operator at Spectra and um, I would see pictures of the lab that he was just putting up and I thought it looked amazing and I always knew that a film lab was a very magical place and that I really really liked film even though I didn't know too much about it and I really wasn't like that experienced of a shooter or a camera operator at the time but I've always been an artist my whole life like rooting from painting um and so when I got the job at Spectra we kind of fibbed a little bit and said like you know I shot film but I didn't you know I didn't really so I actually was working at Spectra before I ever shot my first role and the first thing I ever shot was 200T it was super 8 it was on a Canon 314 XL that a coworker from like the restaurant I worked at, he just gave it to me. I literally have to duct tape the door shut, like still to this day. Um, you still have the camera. I do, yeah. And that was the camera that made me understand cameras, like the aperture triangle. Because like literally all you can do is put the cartridge in, flip daylight or the tungsten thing, which I don't even know how much that matters on that camera, and then you just turn it on and pull the trigger and it stops and goes, and oh, and the focus, you can, but it's automatic, oh, it's but it's, so how much of it is manual? Uh, I mean, you can zoom and it has, you can do the focus, but it's automatic exposure, so like, I couldn't even control that, but I feel like taking away so many of the, like, things that I'd have to decide on, like, more complicated cameras... And I mean, working at a film lab, I got to like learn without spending money on certain parts of film because I got to sit in the scan room Mm -hmm. and I actually... What did they transfer on there? um, They have a a Scanity. That's their... Oh, for Super 8, they use... um, the the sure. spirit and honestly yeah, I I hear people like talk crap about the spirit but I really like the spirit scanner and I've even had controversial opinion I've even had scans done on a scanity before and I've had them done on the spirit before and sometimes I like how it looks on the spirit more so maybe as I get older that opinion will change but there is a beauty I feel about the spirit scanner it has a lot of like texture and movement mm-hmm. in the image yeah, yeah. that I really really like and on the the spirit at Spectra they're doing like telecine grading mm-hmm. so you're getting to grade on this yeah it's the, a color machine not a it's actually not a scan I mean it is a scanner but it, they call it a telecine machine yeah. oh okay they color on the fly yeah. and I know something that's unique about doing color adjustment on it live on the scanner is you can control the bulb brightness which is you can't you know once you're color grading 
not on a scanner anymore, like you can't change the brightness of the light bulb while it's live being scanned. Yeah. So um, my my friend Doug, who's the owner of Spectra, like you know, he would always say to me like, "There's there is like a magic touch that you have when you get to make adjustments like that live on Telecine that like you know it's a it's like a something that's unique to doing it at that certain point of the process. Okay. Yeah. So um, uh, what made you, what uh, movie, what movie was it that made you want to even go into movies? It wasn't even a movie. Like, I don't know. I've just, um, I've been a performer my whole life. Um, oh, that's right. You started out as an actress. Yeah, well, or I mean, I, I started as a dancer, really, when I was like two, because, uh, you know, I, I did like ballet, tap, jazz, and competitive Irish step dancing, like, I would go to school and then I would be in my dance studio just as much as I was at school growing up till I was like 13. Um, but really, before anything, it was my great-great-uncle Alberto Vargas, who is a famous painter and he was famous during his lifetime, which is so incredible to me, so hard to do as a painter. And um, I grew up with his, with his paintings in my house and the yeah. first thing that I ever wanted to be was a painter and my mom was very like, here are your paintbrushes, here's where you're gonna sit, you're gonna, you're gonna paint. And so painting was one of the first things I wanted to do and my brother is also a good visual artist as well. So him and I were very competitive. Well, he's a year and a half older than me. So I feel like when you're five and seven years old, that's quite a big, a seven-year-old's more advanced than a five-year-old, I feel like, by a mile, like a few miles, even though, in retrospect to an almost, you know, 25-year-old, that might sound not like a big age gap. What I'm trying to say is, him and I were very competitive, so I feel like oh, we oh. forced each other to be better artists, because I just wanted to be a better you artist be, than he was. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so, so we know Vargas is the guy who made the uh, Varga, Varga girl. I call, I call it Varga. You call it Vargas, right? Um, that's actually a lawsuit. Um, he got screwed out of a lot of money. He, um, uh, I forgot what company that was with. That, I, I was talking about this with my mom the other day because, like, he's from Peru. His dad was an accomplished photographer, and he came here, I believe, with his brother, and they went to New York, and they were supposed to go back. But when Vargas was 18, he kind of just, like, mailed a, or, like, maybe gave a letter to his brother to, to show to his dad, like, hey, Dad, actually, I'm never coming home sort of a thing. And so he stayed in New York and was, um, I believe, like, drawing pictures in, like, Central Park and selling them for, like, nothing. And then he ended up, um, I think, getting discovered, like, painting live, like, in, like, window shops, like, in, like, shopping areas. And someone saw him... I can't remember the order of all of this, but it was... It might have been... See, this might have been after, because he worked for the Ziegfeld Follies, and he was painting, like, these gorgeous... Um, uh, I don't know, cover... Do you know about the Ziegfeld Follies? Sort of. It used to be a musical, though. Yeah, I think they were, they were live shows. Yeah. But he... Vargas definitely had a talent for painting. I mean, he kind of keyed, like, the whole pinup girl thing. Yeah, and exactly. And honestly, like, the more I explore the film industry out here in Hollywood, the more I hear about Vargas, which is, like, really amazing. Yeah. I told um, you I used to put a Vargas girl on my camera. Yeah, that's that's crazy yeah. to me. Like, I was at Hollywood Heritage Museum a I mean, month ago, and they were talking about it. Yeah, it's like a, a Varga girls are the ones like on side of a B fifty two bomber. You know, they put them on the they draw the girls on the side of the planes. Yeah, that's crazy. And like, I went with my friend to um, the Fox lot mm -hmm. a few days ago because he wanted me to see like in their commissary um, Vargas painted Shirley Temple. Mm -hmm. 
but I think Vargas painted Shirley Temple a few times actually because I saw another portrait that he did I just have a photo of it I don't know where he was but apparently my mom told me that when Vargas he painted apparently for Fox and for Warner Brothers mm -hmm. and I think this was before he was famous okay um it's like iconic yeah, I, I think she said he became famous through, like, Ziegfeld Follies, and then he painted for Playboy for a long time. But the Varga Vargas thing, Vargas is his name, but they had him sign a contract, kind of signing away, like, oh, it's easier to say Varga, yeah, and he yeah. did it, and then he lost the rights to a lot of his That's work incredible. for a very long time. That's so fucked up. Yeah. So, okay, so then Super 8, you got that done, you got the results back, what'd you think? First time seeing it. Oh. <laughs> Good, bad? Um good i thought it was i thought it was great honestly like i just blasted it with light like i didn't know really had a light meter at the time like i was just going off my boss you know who's owned spectra for like 50 years him just being like give it a lot of light not a lot of people do because like spectra gets a lot of super eight and a lot of the super eight you know yeah it's just people they're just like shooting their dog it's like a home video they're just messing around they're not really cinematographers yeah so well, you're shooting with the super eight i mean it's all they put it all on um auto really and then they yeah. put the exposure target on the wrong place or the wrong area yeah so i've seen it's a cool lot movies. of weddings, I've seen... you know, yeah they do wedding films there yeah i think it yeah it depends when but yeah definitely like super eight and weddings so then okay so you have the super eight now um you were you were happy with it that the one that i shot my yeah. first one mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to. I just wanted to keep going. Like, obviously, film is expensive. I mean, I was spending like a huge part of what I was making at my job, like back in the shooting. But like, honestly, like that's been the whole journey of like my journey is like I didn't really go to college. I dropped out a bunch of times. Like the second I didn't have to go to school anymore once I graduated high school, like that's just not how I like to learn. I like to kind of be the, the driving force of what I do and yeah. going following what my interests are. So I really don't respond to like forced structure. Um, and so I'm really proud of myself because like, you know, I got into the lab and I started shooting a lot and, um, and I've like, I didn't go to film school, but I like help the AFI kids all the time. Like they're about to go back to school in a few weeks. I'm like, I'm about to go back to AFI in a few yep. weeks. <laughs> Because I want to... I like I, how you're looking at your hand. Yeah. Like, there's a watch Like, there's it. a watch, yeah. yeah. There's no watch Um, And it's intense. Like, their program... It's hard to, like, work 40 hours a week. Yeah. Plus. And then go and on then volunteer work, on like, 12-hour days. They also. only shoot on the weekends, though, right? No, they shoot during the week, too. Oh, do they? Yeah. Okay. Um, so... So, okay, so after this, um, what's the next project you do? For me? Do another separate or go to 16? Are you saying after my first one? Mm -hmm. Oh, Super 8. I did Super 8 for a long time. I didn't... The first time I ever shot 16, it was on a Canon Scupic. Um, Whose camera was it? It was Spectra's, and I was testing the camera. Oh, that's the one that sits on their counter. The, no, the they don't know that. They, that one's just for show. It doesn't really work. I don't. Uh -huh. I, th I don't think. But they have two in their ba in the back, and they rent those out. And like you know, if it hasn't gone out in a while, they'll have they'll shoot a test roll. Yeah. Um, just to check that it's clean, no hairs or anything. So it was really fun, and I got to play with. Um, fun fact for anybody, like with the Scupic, I forgot what it's called, but when you're shooting on like a camera with a mirror and you know when you're outside and it's really sunny 
and it really closes down like you just you're like blind like you literally can't see sometimes uh, do you know what I'm talking about when you're shooting outside and it's so bright if you're depending on like looking through the eyepiece yeah. so like on the scoopic maybe there's a bunch of other cameras that do this but, all, like, cam- all the cameras I have have that ND filter that slips in so that when it's too bright it kind of cuts down some of the lights so you can see Okay, well, on the Scoopic, there's this button that you can tap, yeah. and it progresses the film like a millimeter when you do it, but it opens it up, but it's really cool because you get back, like, white flashes. It looks very old Hollywood, and I was just watching back old scans I shot on a Scoopic the other day where I really played with it, because, like, you can imagine, like, shooting, like, a, a pretty girl or whatever, and if you use that thing and, and you tap it, it kind of, like, blows out the frames. It looks like a paparazzi oh, sort cool. of effect. Like a flash, yeah. yeah, so, like, I kind of like playing with that on a Scoopic, but okay. anyways, I remember taking the Scoopic like now. A phase button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a test phase button. Yeah. So, um, okay, so you took the Scoopic out. And you yeah, shoot? and I did that. Uh, I just walked around the neighborhood behind Spectra, just shot, like, a house that was being built. Okay. I was kind of, like, walking around on the, prop- on the lot. It was cool. Um... Yeah, and then that came back, and I was like, I kind of had the camera figured out, and I was like, okay, I'm not intimidated by that camera anymore. That was cool. Um, and there's something really cool also about, like, working at a lab and, like, literally, like, okay, guys, yeah. grabbing film from the fridge, sticking it in the camera, walking basically into the backyard, it. shooting up. it. I literally hand it to the chemist. He runs it through the thing, and my friend throws it on the scanner, and I literally see what I shot, like, an hour later. And, like... That's just, like, not realistic, like, turnaround times yeah, for film. Exactly. So there was something about getting to see that that was, like, super fun. Like, like right you, away. Yeah. 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 So, okay, so then you shot this uh, test roll. What, okay, so now you're going to move on to, to uh, you wrote or drew something to um, make the next project. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if I remember what my third was. Well, I really saw people, like, kind of testing... <laughs> Again, it's a lot of amateur stuff that goes through Spectra, but there's also some really amazing creative things that, that you see that go through there. And maybe what I went for next might have been, like, like 500T, um, because, like, I would see so many scans coming through. Like, whenever it was, like, 500T there and it's, like, new shooters or people doing it for fun, it is, like, so grossly underexposed. Because they think, like, oh, I can shoot this at night anywhere. Oh, and yeah. it, You know what? This yeah. is night film. I feel like that's what people think of it. And and my and my coworker had to tell me he was he was like no Naomi just so you know like you're not taking this and like going oh this is gonna help me capture what's in the dark yeah, like yeah. no yeah. and I was like oh really yeah um yeah and I actually, wow you had to be told that huh like the ASA the sense yeah, of film sensitivity I didn't, yeah. I didn't know this I mean when I first started working there and people would call and like you know I had to learn a whole new language like someone would say like do you have fifty D and I'd be like guys like what's happening oh but... people walking in wanting to buy film <laughs> or just on the yeah. phone like um but it's so fun like i really got to be comfortable with like the language of like all the film stocks and all these random things and like people love chatting on the phone with you if you work at a film lab like there's just well, some really curious, long right? conversations yeah. yeah and they're they're really awesome and i are they cool with you to like talk that long about film stuff or they're the ones who are keeping the conversation that. going oh, okay, so. oh yeah sometimes you know people will keep you on the phone for for like an hour or whatever or mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it's cool like hey i found my grandpa's film and you know he hasn't been alive and 50 years and we found it in the camera and like it's really cool because sometimes people it's like a piece of their family history that's lost Mm, and they're just like trying to get it processed and then maybe they get to see something amazing that they never got to see from their family so there's like certain special things like that i feel too about 
that comes with a film lab. Aside from all that stuff, like, um, let's talk about your your crea- your creativity though. Yeah. So, you're determined to shoot your next pro your another project on film after the stupid test. Yeah, I mean, so I just kept shooting. I just kept shooting on just film. Just test. Just keep. I don't even know what they were. I think I really wasn't planning anything for a really long time. Like, I'm a stubborn person, so, like, I think I was very, like, I can do something good, and I don't want to overthink it, because everyone is seems like an overthinker around me. I don't know, so... Meanwhile, your drawings are <laughs> overthinking. Your drawings are incredibly <laughs> overthoughtful, I guess. I don't know, maybe. They're pretty incredible. Thanks. Like, they're technical, like, you could draw for, like, a interesting art technical... Uh, manual or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I've been drawing my whole life, so I have a lot of different styles at this point, but um, there's a lot of feedback in here. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, I really wasn't planning things. Like, I remember one of my favorite roles, I even, I watched it back the other day, like, I feel like there's something really special about, like, that time for me, because... I wasn't clouded by all of the things I know from my experience working in camera department now and working at a major post house now and like, you know, just because I feel like sometimes when people start to get more surrounded by pros and they start to get more familiar with what the industry standard is, it can get in the way of creativity and free thinking without judgment so like I it was refreshing for me to watch some of those super 8 scans because at that time I really just shot like a bunch of super 8 and like I wasn't thinking I wasn't thinking how dark are my shadows how how bright is that like I didn't even know how to think like that at the time I was just like this looks pretty and um one thing also special about working at the lab was I would get to walk away and after seeing hours of people's footage being scanned all day, there would be, like, one shot that was 10 seconds long that I would remember, and I would be like, that was the best thing I saw all day. And it had to be pretty damn artistically good if you're going to remember that out of, the like, 100 other things you saw yeah. all day. It stands so, out. Yeah, so it, um, that was cool. But, yeah, just a lot of, like, driving around at night and, like, you know, just shooting, like, buildings like shooting at night with 500t like city things like oh like this is a vintage looking drugstore with a really cool light up sign that reminds me of vegas and i'm gonna do that or whatever or i really got into like at the lab i remember i was like fuck bubbles look amazing on film smoke looks amazing on film trains look fucking cool on film the ocean looks really cool you're like collecting image library oh i was making a database yeah Yeah, for sure yeah. yeah um and I mean, like Natasha, like Swizz and I, we shot like last week and something we did, like for me, it was kind of inspired by something I saw by someone who sh- they shot it and it went through Spectra. I don't know who they are. I don't think I'll ever know. Unfortunately, I wish I could say hi. And it was so amazing. It was this like Asian woman who was holding a mirror and she was walking into the ocean. Oh, yeah. And you could see something about seeing the the ocean waves mm-hmm. in the reflection of the mirror yeah. with i don't i don't know it's just so amazing so swizz and i shot something and we kind of incorporated a like i was holding a mirror in the ocean too because i like I, we'll see how we have to we still have to get it? that developed oh you haven't gotten it back no because i told swizz that it was the wrong asa so we have to like pull it a stop and a half i have to take it to photo chem and it's just going to be like it's a hundred feet. It's like a lot to pay for a hundred feet. Mm. I feel like to just take that through Photochem for a stop and a half. So it's you know kind of just. You could do. You could do a process only. It's only fifty bucks. A process only what? A hundred feet process only, and then you can splice it yourself. 
heads and tails. I mean, it doesn't have to be completely clean, right? Process for one. You're saying they pro. You can just process only. Yeah, they but they charge extra prep. if you don't scan there. Like, there's all these extra charges they pile up Not on there. Only. Okay, we'll talk more about yeah, this we'll later. Talk, yeah. anyway. anyway, so what, uh, going back to the last, um, what was that project that you did where you hand pro you hand process black and white? Um, was that, that was with Mia. That's gonna play at the ASCF Fest. Cool. Um, it's called I Love You. That's um, fun. That's yeah. a fun movie. Yeah, Mia's wearing a pumpkin on her head the entire time because she was a pumpkin creature, yeah, so that's awesome. she couldn't hear me while we were doing that. And <laughs> there was one scene where she was walking towards me. I'm laying on the ground, um, shooting on a scoopic, and um, she had a frying pan and she was swinging it at me because she was like a murderous <laughs> right, right. creature walking towards me, and I'm yelling, "Mia, stop!" Mia, stop. I'm like scooching away from the ground. She, she is you. almost swinging me, almost swinging the lens with the frying pan. She's swinging that thing hard. And finally, she stopped, tore the pump. Like, so thank God, one, she didn't hit me with the frying pan. She didn't hit the camera with the frying pan. But then she tore the pumpkin off her head and she tore her frenulum, which is like the oh. thing in your mouth that connects yeah, your that, whatever. That so now her mom. mouth's like full of blood. Anyways, we had a great time. And like, despite all that, we had a great time. I love working with Mia. We met on stage in in an acting class. Yeah. And um. And her and I hand processed that, and I, it came out awesome because I knew the look I wanted was like horror, grungy, whatever. Can so can you explain how you hand processed it? I can't remember entirely to be honest, but like we had three buckets. Okay. So there's like. Um, Where'd you get the chemicals? Um, she picked him up for me. I think it was at like Sammy's. No, I think oh, just Sammy's. Okay. It was. What'd you get? Like developer. Yeah, what's Xtol? Why am I remembering oh, Xtol? Xtol. There's wow. a, well, there was a powder, and then there's like a liquid. Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to remember. And the um, liquid is probably AC110 because AC110 is that concentrated black and white. I think we it processed. White, right? It was color negative, but we processed it with black and white oh, negative no chemicals. Yeah. Cool. Um, it's really clean, like sharp and clean. It looks good. Yeah, um, yeah, no, it, and so how did you, okay, so now you, uh, uh, stopped it and then fixed it, and then how did you dry it? Oh, I, that was funny, well, I had to, um, I had to untangle all of the, the film by hand, I'll show you a picture later, it was like, it was a mess, I think it took me three hours to just untangle all of it, because I had, like, been squishing it, you know, you're, like, mushing it with your hands inside of, a, like, imagine, like, a Home Depot bucket, yeah. like a multi-gallon. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah. like, it gets all tangled. It was 250 feet, so I had to, like, Holy by hand, shit. I had to by hand, like, un, you know, kind of unweave it all. I had it, like, looped over a C-stand that I have. And then but I you kind have to of, figure out which side is the heads and which side is the Yeah, tails. and I... Uh, yeah, well, I did, I did one of them wrong because I gave it to Jack uh, Tash to scan and like he told me like one of them I kept winding and it I couldn't get it really tight and the reason was is because I wasn't I wasn't following the bend I was going against the bend so I wound the film the wrong way so when he scanned it he it was inverted yeah he scanned it the, yeah. I don't know how you would say that yeah. the other In inverted yeah um so was it it was running the right orientation it was running the right direction yeah I don't, just inverted. I don't remember honestly but so you fixed it for you I think I fixed it. It was an easy fix. All you do is just, like, mirror it or whatever. So, um, 
It just has to be running in the right direction, that's the question. Yeah. yeah, we didn't really have issues with that. When I got my film back, all it was was, oh, one of them, I just had to mirror, yeah. mirror it. That was it. So, okay, so now you had that. Um, was there color in that? I feel like there's color, there was color in it. Or was it all black and white? It was all black and white. The beginning is stop motion, because I also make oh, stop right, motion. Right, yeah. And I just shot my first stop motion on cool. film for the short that yeah. we did together. That was fun. That was awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. The credits are cooler than <laughs> I was nervous, because I put like 13 hours into shooting the credits, because yeah. stop motion's no joke. Awesome. Yeah, and like, I mean, you helped me like, you know, make a guess at what, how I, you know. No, we read the manual. We were trying to read the it. manual. And then Henry came over, and he was saying... I was just trying to decipher it himself, and he'd go, oh, yeah, that makes sense, because it has a motor on it. Like, a, with a Bullock, it's easy. One frame, click. Mm -hmm. One frame, click. But because a motor shutter on a, on a Scoopic, mm -hmm. it, needs, it needs to be compensated in terms of light. So you have to overexpose by a little bit more than what you would normally do. So in all, and the top speed was, what, 16, like... 16 frames, but you can do incremental single yeah. frame, right? Yeah. So you'd have to set it at 16 and do in, interme, uh, in Dude, uh, I, right. I was thinking, because I'm going to do it again. I need to write it, it I need to write it all down, because my head already is in a mix about it. Like, we figured it out. That was what I did. I trusted it, and it worked. It was and, incredible. And, and it came out good, yeah. and, um, yeah, there is... So that was... Yeah. Okay, so but, um, going back to the Mia project, uh, so that got done, mm -hmm. um, and then you did... What's I, after that? I mean, we're missing projects in between here, yeah. you know, but like... Um, you just randomly shoot stuff with film and you just test and... Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the the one that was exciting that I did the most recently, like, because I even made some shorts that I liked. Like, it would be like a friend who was an actor or whatever, or just like a good personality. And we would just make it up on the spot. And so I have a few shorts that are like impromptu like we literally were shooting it and yeah. we made the whole story up and I'm still proud of them and I still think they have artistic legs like to this day well tell me I that I said I I has this thing where she's like instinctually she wanna like just wanna do something a certain way and then I go follow that because that energy that you have to do that is pretty <laughs> pretty awesome yeah. yeah so like I don't wanna it translates to the screen I think I don't wanna lose that like the the more knowledgeable and skilled I get in all departments and camera everything like I wanna still be the kind of person who gets up every once in a while and goes you know today I'm gonna shoot something with somebody I don't know what the hell it is we're just gonna figure it out right That's now awesome. because I don't wanna be the kind of person who always plans everything out yeah. I just don't wanna be like that yeah. uh, spontaneous. I, I just think there's some magic when you are very spontaneous um, so yeah so my most recent project that I did was Road to Sigisuki oh, yeah. um, which is my most serious project yeah. that I've shot so far and so I think I shot 45 minutes of 16 yeah. for that um, I don't know it's an interesting thing because it's like all production design art, art direction in that like, what were you thinking? I mean, all of my all of my projects, like since I'm a painter, um, and I live in a rainbow set that I've been painting for four years, um, and I make all these props. I am a production designer. Like yeah. I only do PD for myself because PD is really, really a lot of work, um, and it's really it's something really. My paintings are no joke. I don't just paint for anybody, so. It's something I've kind of kept to myself so far, but my work is very driven by, I paint and make props for like literally everything I do. And a lot of the things that I make too, um, 
I can go to Goodwill, see a beautiful crystal lampshade, and I'll, I'll buy it for $10, take it home, and I will imagine someone doing something with that lamp, and then that will tell me what the story is. And I will, so I write my stories a lot of the time, the object tells me what the story is. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Kind of, so. But this one is sort of like influenced by what? The road movies that Bing Crosby and... Yeah, I know. I named it Road to Sigisuki because my childhood favorite movie was Road to Bali um, with Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. Um, but no, this one... Um, I started to write it with someone who went to AFI who's a friend and he's a DP. And you know we kind of were like okay let's make this um like we kind of wanted to do an adventure and he was like maybe we'll do like uh maybe there's someone who wants like maybe there's like he wanted like a sales person to be in it kind of like a character to come across another character and to want to buy something or like the person is trying to sell something kind of like or i don't know whatever but like Anyways, so we just kind of had this loose idea, and I was like, you know, because I have a book that I carry around all the time. It's my directing book, yeah. and I storyboards. Yeah, and I draw images that I that I just see in my head that that just have a hold on me. And so the first one I ever put in the book was a girl riding a bike down a hill, and I my dream way of shooting it would be in a in a car in front of them, like driving backwards. So you, we get her to going towards the camera, moving with her, but. Um, Anyways, I was like, I always wanted to do that. Let's put that in there, whatever. And I ended up, we didn't, that was kind of it, and he left. And then I ended up developing the whole story. And I got so attached to it. Him and I kind of decided, I was like, hey, like, I think, I was like, I think I have to do this one myself. Like, I think I need to shoot this myself. I want to tell it my way. I don't want to make compromises. I really wanted to hold true to my artistic vision because I got super serious. Like, I I drew, I don't really write my stories right now. I just, I I storyboard them like a comic book and that's how I write my shorts right now. So I storyboarded out the whole thing for like two weeks I was I was on like a break from a holiday break from work so it was literally like my full-time job for two or three weeks to just pour my soul into this storyboard and I got really motivated honestly like I was going through a really difficult time emotionally at the time and I like was kind of sitting there because I don't like to force myself to make art I like it's is what I've inspired to do it yeah. yeah but I've heard some really successful painters say if as a professional artist yeah. uh, if you want to do that for your living if you want to feel inspired every day <laughs> you're not going to make it yeah. because right you know how they say about writer's block there's no such thing as writer's block you just keep writing yeah so gibberish if, gibberish if need be yeah but i but i do like i do believe though um i do always try to find when i'm trying to work on something like I feel like you can kind of go through your brain and, and feel around in your emotions and maybe find something and you're like, that's it, and you'll kind of run with it. So honestly, when I was running this, writing this story, I was like, I kind of want to write a story about not wanting to be alive anymore because oh. I was just really sad at the time. Jesus. I wasn't like, you know, I wasn't like real like that, you know, th- yeah, that yeah. in the depths or whatever, but it, it was a feeling, it's a feeling that I that I know kind of not wanting to be in this world anymore and so 
the backbone of Road to Sugisuki is someone who just doesn't want to be alive anymore. And that really pushed, like, the entire story forward for me. And it's very production design heavy, like you said. Very, like, driven by props, like... The umbrella. And, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, tea set. Yeah, every... Having a tea party? Yeah, every frame. Like, I don't write, like... I don't know how to explain it. Other, I wish there was a better phrase than like production design heavy that yeah. I could describe my style with. But yeah. um. so like, okay, so this project like uh, you got the camera from Anthony, you got the mag from me and mm-hmm. the lens. So you kind mm-hmm. of Frankensteined a bunch of shit together to, to be able yeah. to make this. But it's and I incredible. also and I also had to like determine to make it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I got some stuff from OTM too, and I had to take out a little bit of production insurance to do that. Oh, but yeah, like. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and I had just started a new job because I work at the mill now. Um, so I'd like literally just started a new job. And so I was suddenly like, you know, taking in like the load of beginning a new job and then like planning this crazy project that's so very production design heavy did, at the same time. Where what? did you get the film? Oh, that Kodak, the, the West Coast Kodak office in that house. Do oh, you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Real good, yeah. The old real good building. Yeah. Wow, I was... <laughs> you went there the first time? Yeah. That was the first time you'd been there? Yeah. You talked to Thais or Jake or... Thais wasn't there. I can't remember Jake. their name. Yeah. I, mentioned, I mentioned you to them. I was oh. like, do you know Tom Quo? Oh, God. And the guy laughed and he was like... He was like, I swear, like, everybody I know, like, everyone that shoots film, like, you, like, come... They all, like, know Tom Quo. <laughs> so we were kind of laughing, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> Cause, not that I just completely You're like me. a mythical creature uh, Well <laughs> the, the reality is a little bit sadder Than the, than the myth but, um, Well they say don't meet your heroes Sometimes yeah So, <laughs> so okay So then yeah. Sugisuki um, Processed it, scanned, saw the footage uh, Have you started editing it? Yet? I took that to Photochem also Because okay. I'm I'm loyal to Spectra. Like, guys, we need Spectra, okay? Like, Photochem's great, but, like, we need it. Look at how many labs right. are here. Like, yeah. Pro 8 can do Super 8. I'll be people honest, do not trust Pro 8 with 16. I tend, to shoot, I tend to tell people to go to Spectra. Yeah. Um, rather than Photochem, because I like the mom and pop shops. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, eh, I've had some issues. We've talked about this before. Yeah. I but mean, honestly, it might not even be them. It might just be the film stock itself. Because recently, I've heard that they've been giving, well, you know, there's uh, discrepancies with uh, the way film is produced these days. So it could not be them at some points. Yeah. I mean, I took my film to... Bad batch of film. I took Road Sugisuki to Photochem, and I kind of got it back, and I was like, it is like... It's like the same yeah. thing. That was what Doug. That was what Doug told me. Honestly, he was like, because you know, I always was very like. Again, we're you know, I used to work there and we're buddies and whatever, and I want to help keep their doors open. But I and I told him I was taking it to Photochem, and he was like, "You'll see. It's like you know, it, it's not that different. Whatever." And I got well, it back, and I was like, "It's not that." Did different. you shoot four hundred footers or one hundred footers? Uh, four hundred footers. Okay. Yeah. Um, how much footage do you? Forty-five minutes. Or it was four, like four cans. 
It was like three cans and a few hot, like, and then like 250 feet or something like that. Oh, right. I had some daylight, you know what I mean? Like, I started, I had some daylight spools from other shit, and I was like, God damn it, I need more film. So I started, like, shooting, like, daylight spools, but. I like um, the fact that this is such a personal project for you, and then you decide you were determined for it to be shot on film. That's awesome. I mean, I only shoot, like, on film. I, I mean, I think. I want to I want to know the other stuff too, and and since at my work I'm kind of like close to the coloring department, and I'm learning so coloring. So how's that going, by the way? Are you cutting Are you cutting on DPX? Or are you coloring through ProRes or what? Uh, I mean, I've just done ProRes so far. We use Baselight at my work. Yeah. Um. And there, yeah. I mean, it's just a lot. Like like color management is like kind of complicated, and my friend is like our imaging science. Guy, is so, he setting something up for you in terms of color grade? Uh, I mean, honestly, it's just kind of like my usual way of learning, like just, you know, stumbling around in the dark and then kind of like asking people questions. So like there's a bunch of assists and they're all really nice. So, you know, they'll answer my questions and I've been doing a lot of research on my own um, and I've been talking to all of our colorists. So I'm kind of just like for me, you're annoying them already. They like me, but, <laughs> but like, I just feel right now, like, I feel like the learning curve, it's like so, it's like a cliff. I feel like I'm looking at a cliff, but I mean, I've learned a lot in the past um, few months since I've really been, like, pegging away at trying to tackle this whole color grading, color science thing, but it's just, it's a lot of information to take in. Like, no matter how hard I try, if I give it my all for two weeks... I, there's still so much shit I don't know. So it, yeah. it's it's kind of like that with cameras, too, I feel like, where when I was really wanted, like, dang, I want to be good at shooting, I want to learn this stuff. Yeah. Um, it's just so many pieces that you have... You know, like, being, a, being an educated, like... I mean, I didn't go to film school, but kind of getting that film school education yeah, in yeah. whatever You're way it is that yourself. you get it, it doesn't happen overnight. It starts with, like, every single little footstep, yeah. and then later... Maybe a few years later, you'd be able to look back and go, wow, like, I can see the, the whole puzzle together now. But it can be pretty frustrating when you're learning piece. That's kind of where I am with grading right now. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, my God, like, I was telling you the other day, like, a lot of grading now, like, what, what, what does everyone want who shoots on digital? They want it to look like film. Yeah. So a good colorist nowadays seems like they really know how to, how to mimic... Yeah curves to be behave like old film stocks and yeah. whatever so um yeah that's a, that's a part of it so you saw the footage um you're cutting it as are you coloring it you're gonna yeah yeah color. i'm gonna do all the posts okay. you don't, don't have know. to do much it was shot pretty well the exposure's pretty damn good yeah um i like how you tend to light like kansas does <laughs> how notice, so did you not notice that? how do kansas and i light <laughs> hard light right in somebody's face <laughs> it's great okay well first that. of all i miss it my shoot you're made, shooting for exposure my shoot okay tom that was kind of mean that is my, amazing. My, i love that <laughs> no because it's a really it's a really cool look to that my yeah there is a i mean it, i like this things, dark like grim unlit lit look I, I that's hilarious yeah i, I hate that stuff i the like stuff that you and kansas shoot i love that i like too when i'm like damn looking at this makes me feel like i'm like watching a play on broadway right now so what 
No, I like it. Yeah. I like yeah. feeling like a... I, I like my cool. movies feeling like you're watching a play yeah. with someone on stage. Well, that's what the road movies look like, too. They, they're really lit. Yeah. You know? I'm sick of people like shooting film and not lighting it. But I will say, part of my last film, and with a lot, had a lot to do with the lighting, is it made me realize what a terrible first AD I am. I mean, I think it'll only come with experience, but, like... If anybody, I swear, if anyone at AFI or, like, whatever, some really, like, film school-y kind of person was there, I feel like they would have had, like, a hernia just because of, like, I'll do crazy. Yeah, because I planned shooting this thing in, like, three days back-to-back. I wanted to be the only person there. I literally, like, banned all of my friends from coming because I wanted to be the... I just didn't want anyone to whisper anything in my ear. Like, oh, so you did this You did this one-man thing by, by design. Yeah, yeah, like, honestly, okay. well, like... Was, well, Anthony showed up for one day. Just well, to yeah, I mean, he owns it. the camera, and, yeah. and he, I, he I love Anthony, set, yeah. but Anthony's policy was kind of like, if I let use the camera, I get to come. So I was like, hey, I guess Anthony's coming, but... <laughs> Anthony are good friends. It's cool, yeah. But, um, and honestly, it helped so because fun. he helped me move stuff around, yeah. which, you know, it was... You're carrying a lot of weight. We went up a hill for one part of it. Like, most of it was at my house, but the oh. outdoor location was kind of rough. Um, and my friend got hurt falling off the bike. Yeah. Uh, she, we were, she was riding a bike down a hill and flew off and slammed on the handlebar. I, it was from far away. I, I was like, are we going to have to call an ambulance? I was really freaked out, but she was fine. But, um... God, it never feels good when your actor gets hurt, honestly, because you feel re- you're responsible. Like you know, you're the one. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's oh, not a good feeling. Um, That's scary because, like, well, I mean, production insurance typically covers that, or workers' comp covers that stuff. You know? Yeah. And obviously, you don't want people to uh, get hurt over something like a movie, you know. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, she was my good friend, but. Um... So what did okay? So what is the biggest lesson you took from this? Oh wait, uh, project? I was oh, gonna yeah, say God. for the lighting is that like, I, it was the same thing with that one I shot of Mia, the the pumpkin one that I hand processed that we were just talking about previously. Okay. That was we had like four hours or three hours to shoot that. The sun was going down, so it literally like. I'm literally shooting my stuff like it's a play because I'm not a good first AD and I'm doing it all myself. So I will literally so use the same background. Yeah, yeah. There's no turnarounds. Yeah. If if characters are having a conversation, yeah. the characters are... I'm going to put an X on the floor, theoretically. The actor A will stand there and they will do their, you know, their medium shot, whatever, and I will swap out who they're talking to and they will just stand in the same place. Do you know what I mean? I'm yeah, shooting yeah. the same background. I am not changing that's positions. What, that's what you're supposed like that's usually believe it or not, even big shows do that. Really? Yeah. Cuz the background's yeah. the same and yeah. it shouldn't be. Well, so <laughs> it almost gives you like almost like a, a subconscious thing where you go something's off here. But <laughs> like people sort of recognize that but like once it's in an edit people sometimes overlook that stuff <laughs> no this is how like, okay you, okay so you have a set and you're doing coverage on one angle yeah and then they ran out of time so what they'll do is just turn people onto the other side and just shoot again okay yeah. i swear to god that's how that's people do that so that's how i roll now because again i don't know how to real i yeah anyways gotta gotta cut so many corners um yeah. And then, Have you started at all cutting any of it? Oh, yeah. Like, the whole picture is cut. Okay. It needs to be cleaned up. It is going to be so 
goddamn slow. Like, I saw with Anthony at the Academy uh, Theater the other day, we saw Tarkovsky's last oh, movie, yeah. The Sacrifice. Yeah. That was my first Tarkovsky movie. It is so slow. Oh, yeah, of and I Russian cinema. And I love that. Like, that is kind of... Like, long, lingering shots. That is kind of how I shot Rota Sugisuki. Like, like, in the pacing. Like, there, it's literally a character, like, standing, just staring into into the distance. Yeah. And in my, Center frame. And in my current director's cut... Director's it cut. Is so, it is so... Yeah, because I have my director's cut, because I'm like, okay, Naomi, just cut it the way oh. you want it to, without thinking... Wait, be- who, are you, who are you beholden to? Myself. I know, but... Why would you have a director's the cut? The director's cut, I had to do this for myself because Good. there's a voice in my head that's Shouldn't like, that just be the cut? No. Okay, there's... Because there's a voice in my brain saying like, oh my God, because I thought it was going to be eight minutes long and right now my cut is like 22 minutes long. Sweet. And I'm like, this is going to be like the slowest goddamn fucking thing. I hope people... The score has to be really good. Like, I want to score yeah. like Suspiria. Okay. Um, like the goblins, I think? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. it has to be a really gross, like, scary... I The music really... I really need a good score to make it go home. They have but, interesting like, faces, by the way. Who? Both your friends have very interesting faces. They're, they're... They're... They almost look like they're from the 70s. Their faces, the way that they... Their face. They just face? have a, you They have a unique look to them. Who are you talking your about? Your actresses. Oh, my friend Nora. Yeah, she's... She's from Italy. Um... Sorry, you said goblins. I was imagining. Oh no, goblins. no, no, no! Um, goblins is the is the band that did the soundtrack. For yeah. Suspiria, or most of Argento stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, Nora, Nora has a, you, a, a her own look. Yeah. Um, she's a fantastic actress. Her and I met at Playhouse West. That's kind of my like stomping. Grounds. Does she have like an Italian accent? She does. Cool. Um, but to a lot of people, like. You think of voiceover here or no? Sorry? Did you guys record sound? No. Okay. No, there's only like so you eight. Have to do complete sound design for this. No, there's only eight lines in the whole thing. Once I have my cut, like I'm just gonna have them loop it, re- like record their sound. And Nora lives in New York, so who even knows how I'm gonna do that with her? And then honestly, I've been making my sound shittier on purpose to dirty it up because like recording like into a straight like naked mic. And then putting that on, like, 16 to me just feels wrong. That's what um, uh, Mark Jenkins does. Yeah. You know that uh, Bait movie? He shoots with a bolex. And then he has the actor uh, ADR the entire thing. Mm. And, it get, and his his um, explanation is that it's actually kind of surreal. Like it yeah, gives it a I surreal agree. Feel. Yeah, like, I have a mini cassette tape recorder. Yeah. Um, so I kind of, like, sometimes oh, I'll... tape fi- recorder. Not a digital. Recorder? No, it's a cas- mini cassette no recorder. Kidding. Yeah, it's like handheld, and um. Shit, that's cool. Yeah, so like it's, it's tape. I bought that for for these purposes with like Super 8 and 16, and it was just like this sounds too clean. So like, what I would do is like, let's say I want to use a song, and it's like a royalty free song, whatever, uh-huh. and um, and I really like it. I'll just record it on that onto the tape, and then I'll record the tape. I'll play it from the tape recorder and record it back into a mic. Um, and then it just sounds really gross and dirty and old. Right. But it feels right because, like, for me, like, going onto a sound library and taking a song that's been recorded in modern times on this, like, clean technology, it's... There's no chatter on it at all. It just sounds wrong to me. So you me. want that, that, those 
scratches and dust. Yeah, like I'm like still an optical track. I'm still trying to figure out like what my perfect format is and like what my because like scanning has improved. Like you know, as technology progresses, like I feel like like. I like looking at a movie that's from, like, the 60s. Like, I told you, like, Pillow Talk. I don't even know when that was made. But, like, Day? Rock Hudson? Yeah, like, I just like movies that look dirty and gross. Like, compared to today's standards. They didn't purposely do that. Though. I know, but that's what I want. Like, even, like, I'll shoot, like, 16 nowadays, and someone will scan it for me on a scanity, and people will, like, oh, 16, like, I gotta shoot on 35, 16, whatever. And, like, I'll shoot 16 put it on the scanity and I'm like this is too clean well, for me so well I mean so. look that hundred foot that you shot out in the beach there you can uh, you can just process it or um, prep it yourself and I guarantee you it will be dirty because you have to put a head leader on it roll it to the tails put a tail leader on it roll it back to heads mm-hmm. it's going to collect a lot of dirt scratches and dust if you want that but the thing is it's the opposite of what you're thinking so on if you're scanning negative to positive uh, negative to positive it's going to be a white crap on it if you do um, a print of it and then scan it then it'll be all be black like black specks so it's the opposite of what you're thinking reversal will show black specks positive or negative will show white specks on the, on a scan so yeah I'm excited to see the final cut me too me too well you already have a roughed out 22 minute version yeah I think you and I know the hard thing about it was so okay so director's cut but then what's the shorter version of it I don't know if it will exist I'm calling it my director's cut because I'm just trying to cut it the way that like you want it to be my instincts and it's kind of the way that I was gonna say the way that like Naomi's instincts because like like it's just so hard you know you hear all, you get making it's hard not to get clouded by other people's opinions and all of these what I see all of my peers doing and everything so like sometimes I, I feel like I have to separate myself from myself and just try to like let that just deep seated intrinsic force just like do what it wants so I'm really just trying to be like god damn it just cut it don't think about anything like leave it so there's little things I need to clean up but I'm if it's really slow and painful painfully slow maybe maybe that's what it's going to be like I don't want to I really don't want to feel pressure to to shorten it because I think people are going to get bored leave it the way you want it to be yeah guarantee that is the way it's supposed to be and I, I don't, you shouldn't care that it's, well, aside from if you want to play it in a festival, but I don't think that's what you want to do, is it? I, I mean, I, Because I mean, they typically love, want something 10 minutes and under. Yeah, I'm not going to, I mean, I, I'd love for it to play at the festival at some time, but um, I just see it as a really important piece for me in my career, because I think, with, I think I'm finding my this is the closest thing I've had to a feature. Like, if it's 20 minutes long, yeah. that's so much, for me, a bigger... I see that as a lot of progress compared to myself. Normally, the longest standing thing I have to this day is, like, five minutes. So... so you went five to 22 minutes, huh? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's and I thought it was going to be eight when I shot it. I, I was like, guys, this is going to be eight minutes long. And I'm like, okay, I guess it's not. Because when I was shooting it on set... All of my takes were so... They were like... Every take I took was like 35 seconds or a minute long. Yeah. And I was like, what am I... This is so slow. Like, this is going to be like... But but I was People shooting... People don't realize how long 30 seconds actually feels on screen. Because, you know, the Bolex only does 30-second runs. And you're like, when is this stopping? 
Because people think 30 seconds is short. But when you see it, it's actually long. I don't know what you mean. Like when you watch, you're saying it's like okay, languid, 30, like yeah, you're bored say, when you watch no, it? No, no, when I say 30 seconds to somebody, what are they thinking? You're going to say that it's fast. It's pretty fast. Yeah. There's like, I, every time I go, hey, 30 seconds to somebody, they go, that's it? Oh, yeah, try watching 30 seconds of, of an image. Yeah, well, like, this was Great. like my second time ever using like a nice Airyflex, or, you know, I was using an SR2. Yeah. So I've kind of grown up shooting on rolls. I started on Super 8, so that's 2 minutes 45 seconds. Yeah, yeah, and on yeah, 16, right, right, right. it's 2 minutes 30 seconds. Yeah. And people are always like, the other way around. you only have 3 minutes of footage? Yeah. That's not enough to make anything. It's like, you can do a lot. You can do a lot. But I will say, um, getting to shoot that project on 400 foot rolls, it gave me a lot of freedom. Mm, yeah, yeah. That I, that I You'd have to keep didn't have. But also... On a, on a Super 8 cartridge or on 100 feet of 16, you do one long take, you do a quick thing, you can't do another long take. It's not going to be long enough. So I learned that shooting on a 400-foot roll, I can do several long takes on one roll, and sometimes that's just better for literally what the shooting plan is for the day. Because if every take's going to be a long take, it might be better to shoot a 400-foot roll rather than four 100-foot yeah. Yeah. So rolls. Yeah, yeah. Physically, it, it's taxing. I mean, you know. Yeah. Man, I can't believe you took a camera, shot shot with the most bare basic bones, everything. That's did the sets, directed on top of everything else. Dude, like every so everything, hard. and like I mean, it's incredible. Thanks. It was. I mean, no, that is. I think insane. the most tired I've ever felt in my entire life. Because again, I was working, you know, full time at the yeah. same time. I had been prepping it. I had like just gotten my job. I was still slaving away at all the production design because it's well, very also, heavy painting. The other thing is like you're used to working by yourself with things that kind of you physically move yourself, like stop motion, for instance. Yeah. Or the directing part is a is another added thing that you added to it that you were trying to see through the lens at the same time. Everything else is just sort of you know kind of building on itself, and of course you'd be exhausted. But I mean, my body, like, uh, but but it's the it's the PD. Like, I have so much respect for production designers. Like, I wonder if I will ever work as a production designer full time. I think it's totally possible. I will. But like, I have so much respect for a PD because it is no joke. You have to. It is so much work to make props when something is art heavy. Yeah. And yeah. So the, just me juggling all of that while being like the force behind this project, like in. And, you know, it was, my body was literally, like, I was at my, like, I just felt, like, the most tired and wired out. I don't even know how to explain it. It was so exhausting. You're also running on adrenaline. Yeah. Because Um, you have to coordinate everything and making sure that nothing, like, is everything is actually doing something, you know? Yeah, but so rewarding. We'll totally do it again. I mean, you know, like, there were... uh, Like, this is hell on earth. Let's do it again. Yeah, definitely, and I mean, like, one thing I learned about it, it's like, because uh, a couple things, like, the focus was kind of soft, and yeah. I don't really know why. I honestly don't really care at this point, because I, I think at this point, like, yes, it would have been perfect if everything came back sharp mm-hmm. in focus, but, like, I feel like I'm at the point, of, in the point of my career where, like, <laughs> I am trying... I'm a proof-of-concept director right now. I don't have a, a budget, you know, so, like, I think in this point in my career I need to keep making work that proves what I can do I don't care 
how many bells and whistles or how professionally it's done if the artistic message is there and it's good that's what matters so if the focus is soft on some shots whatever because if i can prove the concept of potential for the right person that's going to push things forward that's all that matters you know how many shots in oppenheimer are out of focus a lot yeah but do people talk about it i haven't seen it yet dude so there's a lot of shots that are out of focus do people talk about that I don't know. They don't. I haven't. I haven't really been talking about it. So, <laughs> so would uh, you show your actor the footage? Then? What do they think of it? Nope, I haven't showed it to oh, him. Oh, you haven't showed it to him. Who's seen it? We're on limited time yeah. too. Um, nobody. No one's seen it. I've seen it. Well, you scanned it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Naomi, thank you for uh, being on the cellulite ashram and finally telling us your adventure of it. Yeah, she thanks. Wrote a full, like, long version on film. Yeah, so many more. So You're many to more shoot things on film from to do. Now on, no, no, you're never gonna shoot on a digital. I mean, so. the thing is, though, learning about coloring, I think I, I sh- I'm gonna have to get to know digital format a oh, bit. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so. to do color well. That's true. And I, and I think that it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm gonna have clients. Yeah. Like, I need to know that stuff, and yeah. it doesn't hurt to know it at the same time. But of course, I love film and. Um, yeah, and I'm grateful for the you know the community you have because now I know like a year ago I didn't know know anybody it's who wanted it's to only do been the a same year thing. Ago. Yeah, so I know I like to move fast. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and then like last wait last thing I wanted to say yeah, yeah. was that um, I've just like heard it was honestly really upsetting to me is I've heard people say like oh like I really want to shoot on film and I've heard people who I just don't think should like people others are looking up to being like like don't it'll be like someone saying I want to do that I want to try it like how do I start out and someone more knowledgeable than them like shooting them down like like really like condescendingly kind of being like hire a DP and it's like that is ridiculous like my when I when I was at Spectra like my boss would say to me like Naomi get a cartridge of Super 8 it doesn't matter what camera you shoot on it doesn't matter if it's exposing for you just do it that's your film school shoot literally shoot that's your film school would you rather do that or like pay for an education and walk away like in debt without owning your own camera or whatever versus just like actually going and doing it so like you're gonna yeah you're gonna buy an you're going to buy a film camera at some point, yeah. I'm saving up for an SR3 right now. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Dream camera 416, but like... Come on. And I want to, and I want to own a Scanity and, and a motion picture film lab. And then you're going to run the mill. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Naomi. Thank you very much. Thanks. Bye.